Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with a promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Ephesians. You know, uh, Will Kynes, our, our the great Will brilliant Kynes? scholar, the great, oh. the great illustrious Will Kynes. Yes. He, uh, he uh, curates our, our daily rhythms, daily or rhythms journal readings. And yeah. um, he gives me like a little notes of why he chooses what he chooses. Oof, and I love that. And the note for like, we're, we're about to walk through Ephesians and the note for this was, that we've, he basically says, we've been in a lot of exile passages between like these Psalms, mm. the exile Psalms, and then doing Habakkuk in church. Right. And it's a good time to take, jump into something that's just going to put the gospel and the hope of the gospel right back in front of us. Yeah. And I love that. And so, mm. you know, the, the purpose of what we're doing here is to, to be reminded and comforted by the rich goodness of the gospel and mm. i just love how strong paul comes out the gate swinging yeah. with the grace yeah. the praise of his glory the love mm. the, the purpose of his will you know all these powerful positive views of god as he reaches mm. towards us in love so barfish barfaccio <laughs> back in the odr chair yes to pilot us through oh man uh, these first waters of ephesians what are your thoughts on on these dense words yeah i mean th- the thing that does stick out in the passage is is a uh, you know some of the some of the words uh, chose us predestined us he had a plan before the fullness of time you know these type things and those can get a little controversial and uh, and we'll we'll deal with them here in a second yep. But I, I, I think, you know, just focusing in on some of the uh, language that's here, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Do not overlook the fact that the one true and holy God who is the creator of the universe, he mm-hmm. adopts us. The word tells us that he adopts us into our family yep. as sons and daughters. Yeah. 
that we are we are uh, adopted children into his family. And so it's just an amazing truth. And sometimes we have a view of God that is not very fatherly. I, I think we yeah. know it in language sometimes, but functionally, we don't know how to work out God being our father. But it's all over the New Testament that yeah. God is our father and that we are adopted as his sons and daughters. And so I take that to mean that we can relate to God as a father. And that looks different. I mean, your prayers are going to sound different. The way mm-hmm. you talk about him sounds differently. Absolutely. The way you interact with with God on a daily basis, I think is going to look differently if you see him as father versus if you see him as, you know, some some cosmic God that's way out there that you know, you know, kind of knowledge-wise, like through the Bible, but you don't really know. Um, and so, you know, that, that is definitely one thing that sticks out. And and then it just goes into like these, these wonderful gospel images of in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us and all wisdom and insight. I mean, it it just goes on and on, like all these wonderful things. I mean, we could spend a whole ODR on each of these sections, No no um, but just the redemption that we have, we have been redeemed. I, I love that word redeemed. I, I came to know the word redeemed. I feel like in a much fuller sense when I read uh, one of one of my favorite novels of all time, which is uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Come on, and uh, they talk about you know uh, they talk about slaves being redeemed, and and what that is is like you would have a a, a slave who who is sold to a bad slave, and then a good slave owner. Uh, sorry, a, a bad slave owner. And then a good slave owner would buy them back and they would mm-hmm. redeem them. Um, and, you know, I, I'm nothing to condone slavery or anything, but the idea of buying them back. And I think that's the picture that you get with God redeeming the people out of Israel is, is essentially he allowed them to become slaves in Israel, but he bought them back and he takes them out of that slavery and, uh, and he redeems them. And so I, I think that's the picture here is that we were bound by our trespasses. We were, we were bound in the darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, he buys us out of that. And the way, what he uses is not currency to buy us out of that. Mm -hmm. What he uses is the blood, absolutely the blood of Jesus. And so the blood of Jesus was shed so that we could be bought out of our trespasses and out of our darkness. Absolutely. And it comes, it comes through here in, in great ways. Absolutely. I mean, the, I, I love verse three, he's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And then, uh, you know, verse 14 kind of uses this this language that the Holy Spirit we've been given, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, Mm. that we've been given the Holy Spirit as like a down payment of the inheritance that is waiting for us, you know? Yeah. And the, the language here is not that, you know, we are like these lonely, like lowly, lonely, sad Christians who mm. are like, you know, just like scratching our way through the world. Right. But that it, it's such rich, powerful, colorful yeah. language. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, the joy of knowing Jesus, the joy of being in the kingdom of God is something that we should not be lost on us. And so in that spirit, totally. you know, to look towards you know, we, we have the dreaded word predestination, yeah, predestined yeah, yeah. used a couple of times. Right. Um, and dreaded for some people and then like worshiped by some people. Yeah. yeah right. uh, and so we were, we were talking about this before recording 
it's easy in a passage like this hmm. where there's verses or phrases that are connected to such like heavy artillery theological debates yeah. to lose everything to like the spotlight aura surrounding yeah. in love he predestined us. Right. You know, I think Paul would be really bummed to know how much arguing, like how much missing the forest for the trees has happened yeah. in these sorts of moments. Right. And I think what we're supposed to take away from this is that, you know, there is a very real sense in which God and a very real truth in which God is in control, that God ordains and authors the yeah. story, the good story of salvation. That's right. And that it's not just something that happened, but it's something that he set forward from the beginning of time, from before the Babylonian exile. But, you know, then uh, if you read the greater council of scripture, as we were talking about, there's all these other passages, you know, that really elevate the responsibility of man right. or, you know, tell us that God does not delight in the destruction of the wicked, but mm. he would wish that they would turn back towards him. Yeah. And so Barrett, what what are your thoughts on, you know, the, the way Paul speaks about God's sovereignty here and yeah. the way it interacts with the rest of scripture? You know, when I was in uh, finishing up Auburn university, Mm. With with along with Jason Bees, yeah. and uh, Jason was going up to Southern Seminary, and I was a semester behind him. I, I worked for a semester and then went up there and joined him. But when I was trying to decide where to go to seminary, I, f- I felt the Lord kind of calling me into full time ministry. And and when I was trying to decide where to go, I had a I had a pastor, a named pastor, <laughs> um, who came up to me and he said he said in very uh, certain terms. He said, if you go to Southern Seminary, it will rip your heart for missions out of your chest, is what he Whoa. told me. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it was coming Epic. from, and he's a, he's a very good man. And yeah, no doubt. Very good man in this, to this day. But what he was referring to is that Southern Seminary has Reformed theology, probably what he thought was uh, Calvinist theology or like hyper-Calvinism, mm-hmm. that everyone is predestined. And so... Will, you know, God's already predestined you or not. We have, I, I don't need to do anything towards you missions wise, mm-hmm. share the gospel with mm-hmm. you. The Lord's either going to save you if he meant to save you, or he's not going to save you if he didn't mean to save you. Um, and th- it's just not what we read in scripture. And and yeah. I, I did in fact go to Southern Seminary and then, oh, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I went to Southern Seminary and my wife and I left for the mission field, wow. you know, a year and a half after we got married. Against all odds. Against all odds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it, it did not rip my heart for missions out of my chest. Um, in, in fact, I, I feel like it gave me an even greater appreciation that God is sovereign over these things. And I think mm-hmm. that's what we can take from from this, that he, he does, there is a predestination of, of people going on and, and choosing of people that that's going on. I mean, we read it right here in Ephesians one. Yep. However, it, it doesn't negate man's responsibility. Mm-hmm. And the fact that no one is like, no one is forcing me to make the decisions that I make on a day by day basis. I, I am mm-hmm. not a puppet that someone is, I, I, I am responsible for my actions and I can choose you know, to do this or to do that. And um, so man's responsibility is a, is a very real concept in scripture as well. Yeah. And so one thing that one thing to take from this, and, and I feel this very freeing is that there's oftentimes this creative tension in, in scripture between two seemingly opposing concepts. And this is one of them. 
predestination, man's responsibility, you know, the idea of being chosen or God has a plan before the foundation of time and, and man's responsibility. Um, but scripture holds both of these to be true and doesn't have a problem with these. Mm -hmm. And and I, I think we can trust the Lord enough to say, I don't have a problem with him either. Yep. And you know, when, when Jesus sends out the 12 and says, pray to the Lord of harvest, that he would send more laborers into, into the harvest, uh, we can join with, you know, Jesus's disciples in, in praying that the Lord would send out more workers in the harvest and, and the Lord uses his church mm -hmm. to bring about, you know, his glory on the earth, to bring about souls who are transformed by the, by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. And so we, we have this responsibility, uh, responsibility for our actions and we will, you know, the Bible is very clear and, and people paying consequences for their actions, but also, as those who have already been redeemed, as this passage talks about, we have a responsibility to be the be the hands and feet of Jesus, and yeah. to and to go out and be sent out by Him, and to spread the love of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, to mm -hmm. those who have not heard. And and I don't think we have to sit there. Uh, it, it becomes very paralyzing if if you have you know this this hyper Calvinistic way of thinking about it, where you're trying to determine who is predestined or not. I don't think Scripture is pointing to that at all. Mm -hmm. So I think we can I think we can read a passage like this, and this is kind of a lengthy um, explanation, but I think we can read a passage like this and just be grateful that the Lord has chosen us, that the yeah. Lord has predestined us, that He's adopted us into His family. Now, as we'll read later on in Ephesians two, let's get to work, for we are His workmanship. Yeah, I think the the really important thing that we should take away from being told that we're predestined is not uh, getting lost in sort of theological sauce, but we should we should take away, okay, I didn't elect God to be my savior. Right. God chose to save me. Yeah. And that creates gratitude, not pride. That's so right. you know, I think that yeah. that is why we are told this and with any biblical tension like this, God, God has no problem confounding our logic. Like it's not hard for him to do. Right. And it seems in scripture and just in life circumstances that he often won't hesitate to, you know, uh, confound what we would expect to find in right. him or in circumstances or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the good news is that he won't mislead us, you know? And so yeah, yeah. while we're not given all the like specifics of how, like the justice system of God and, you know, like I, I like to say none of us fully understand the legal justice system of America. So like, why do we expect to like in 15 minutes totally understand the justice legal right. system of God yeah, and yeah. the cosmos? Um, But we are told, you know, like God will give us this one, piece of you know very very heavy philosophical truth mm. but then on the other side he will also tell us he does not delight in the the death of wicked and you know he, he's not creating uh people for the glee of, of torturing and destroying them right um and that is definitely like a a critique that you will hear from the outside in and yeah. it's just god gives us enough to where we can definitely stand in just total awe of him yeah. because he does not fit inside our little brains, mm. but he does give us the pieces to know, okay, he's good. I can trust him. And we can, we can develop a sense of balance within that tension. Yeah. So 
Man, I like you said, we could do a full 15-minute episode or 20-minute episode on every like group of five words yeah, in yeah, this right. passage. But you should just get alone today with Ephesians 1 and read it and enjoy it and realize that God has chosen you to live in the joy of his love. Mm. And so for Barfaccio Fisher, this is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow as we finish up Ephesians 1. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404 404- 465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.